0: welcome to before you swipe i'm dr lauren and i'm dr chris we're two sex educators and research nerds who love talking about sex and relationships
1: this has been an online dating podcast where we overanalyze profiles and read between the pickup lines
0: however in this episode we're switching it up to take a step back and consider how we make sense of ourselves and relationships
1: and when we say relationships we include sexual romantic platonic and more So before
0: we even open the apps, let's get into the beautiful mess of human connection.
1: Hello, and thank you for joining us for season six of Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Chris. And I'm Dr. Lauren. We are continuing our conversation from last season on Andy Nordgren's nine principles of relationship anarchy. And today we decided we wanted to focus on cheating and infidelity. So we kind of wanted to explore the question, how might we make sense of infidelity differently if relationship anarchy was the norm? I love that
0: question so much. Um, So a place that I wanted to start this conversation off was just to kind of set the stage, like what were each of us socialized to believe about um, cheating and infidelity and what it looks like. Um, So I can share, I mean, I feel like both because I had friends whose parents' marriages blew up because of affairs. I had a family member who had a horrible affair. And so the concept of affair was a thing that broke longstanding important relationships because marriage was on the pedestal. And it always included um, sexual infidelity. Like it was about someone sleeping with someone else. And in some cases, those other people um, actually remarried the person they slept with. So I had this kind of funny notion of an affair as a kid thinking like oh you found someone new so it's like you had already gone on the relationship uh, escalator with another person and yeah. were at the top and then dropped the other person um and then it was like the worst form of insult and i i feel like i was taught like you are a failure if someone cheats on you um But I never even considered the possibility that I could be a person who cheated like it only seemed it seemed in heteronormative land, it only seemed like dudes who cheated. So that's my backdrop. What's yours.
1: Well, I mean, I want to ask a little thing first, which is uh, how did you get the message or where the message was if someone cheated on you, you were a fail, like, can you say a little bit more about that, like where you were a failure if you were the one that got cheated on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in part, it's because the person who got cheated on in my family, all of a sudden was gone from our lives. And so it was like, they were punished and banished, right? So some of this is subtle messaging to me. Um, But also, I think it's the idea of like, my, you know, I, in my family, people were taught, like, how to keep a man, like, my grandfather actually said to me, you know, if, how do you expect to get and keep a man if you don't learn to cook, right? Like, okay, those were explicit messages. And so there's a part of me that I think interpreted or applied all of that to say, well, if someone cheats on you,
1: it's because you weren't keeping them satisfied. Okay. Yeah, no, thank you for letting, you know, like, sharing that part. Like, for me, I was trying to think of it, like how i was socialized and i think cheating was just having sex or doing something sexual with another person so it was very it was a very physical determined thing um to my knowledge i wasn't exposed to a lot of cheating uh in terms of like family i mean who knows but like i like i don't i didn't know so maybe something was happening but i'm not really sure and then Uh, I do know that cheating. So in college, my college boyfriend cheated on me, and it hurt a lot. Um, And I definitely felt betrayed. And I did. I mean, I felt like a loser, because like, why? Like, was I not good enough? What's going on? Like, you know, that kind of thing. So it hurt a lot. Um, And then over time, we reconnected, but we never talked about that cheating or anything like that, but, no. maybe, you know, several years later, but we're really good friends now, um, he actually helped me get a job once, he got, like, yeah, he's, just, like, he's, he's not in my life a lot, but he's definitely in my life, um, and then, yeah, so I really focused on the physical, and then it, personally, I ended up, I guess, being in a I was in a monogamous relationship with a guy and was accused of emotionally cheating when I was in sort of my, I guess my early thirties, where I was forming this really deep relationship that was very intellectual. There was some, um, an emotional component to it too, but it was mostly, uh, it was with a fellow academic. So Mm -hmm. we were constantly talking about these ideas that really got us excited about the world and like those big questions that academics think they're doing important stuff and maybe they are maybe they aren't but anyway (laughs) it was just this really great relationship and i like to hang out in his office and we chatted about things and and it just felt very deep and intense and so we would text each other every once in a while um and then we could talk about this part too about trust and cheating but what happened was The, that partner of mine went through my text messages (laughs) and discovered the, in his eyes, the infidelity and like called me on it. And then to be honest, I was kind of confused. I was like, but I never touched him. Like, so how could this possibly be cheating because of the messages I received about what cheating meant. And he said it was just as bad because my heart was belonging to somebody else. And I don't even know if it was my heart. Maybe it was my mind. I don't yeah. know i mean there was a crush aspect to it for sure but was this person
0: th- um similarly uh, i'm going to use the word threatened that might be labeling a bit but were they similarly threatened by your deep intellectual friendships
1: with people well uh, yeah I I mean, clearly this person was them. not the greatest person in my life they were not a big fan of me having male friendships um yeah. so there was there was that piece And I would then say, no, he was not threatened by my relationships with people who were not men, if they were deep, which is just sort of funny because I could have just as easily quote unquote cheated or left him for a different gender. So whatever. It was just so, you know, his, his jealousy and feeling threatened was misplaced in many different ways. Yeah, I mean, I love the there's, I
0: mean, I hate and love whatever. It's amusing to recognize how heteronormativity was showing up there, right? Like he's not threatened by, a. he's claiming it's an affair because of deep emotional connection, but both because he's ignoring your holistic sexuality, A of all, and B yeah. of all, it's yeah. like, you're, you have very deep intellectual relationships with people that are emotional and thoughtful and passionate. And I mean, ours is definitely that. And it's like, yeah seriously man you just because there's a
1: penis in the room <laughs> yeah right exactly you know and you know for all I know there wasn't a penis I mean I'm guessing there was but it's not like I had an opportunity to see it right so therefore yeah. I don't know right like it's just I, yeah so that that is like I think I mean I have a couple other examples but that that was like a very odd lesson. And so, so our relationship was very damaged um, for many reasons, but this really put a crux in it. And, um, and so I went to some of my female friends with whom I have very deep emotional connections <laughs> with that were not threatening um, and talked about it. And some of them were like, okay, that's, that's ridiculous. That's, that doesn't make any sense. And then a couple of the other ones, though one in particular was like, Oh God, you totally cheated. You a hundred percent cheated. So it, even within this group of, of women that I was hanging out with, there was all these different opinions. Yeah. And so it really just comes down to like, I mean, guilty as charged. I did not sort that shit out during the relationship that I had with this person.
0: Well, and I would say it's, Again, with typical relationships, if we're following the escalator and following scripts that have been handed to us by society, we are not primed to have conversations about yeah. what are our expectations, what are our requests of each other, and what do we see as the most important um, elements of a relationship. So you can have, um, I don't want to call it monogamy, but i am the, the words are escaping me. Um, So, like the idea of having fidelity to each other around your emotional connection or having fidelity to each other around like is it you know you're sexually exclusive right there's all sorts of things people can say that are most important to them to feel secure in the relationship that of course can be negotiated and decide if that actually works for someone Um, so there's all these interesting ways we can reconstruct relationships and like we don't talk about it, you know, that is not the norm to have those conversations um, in monogamy and in typically socialized, like dominant white Christian,
1: yada, yada, yada culture.
0: Yeah. Just not a thing.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, being uh, a little empathetic to this ex, um, who's one of the few people who's just not in my life anymore. Usually the people I'm with um, stay in my life in some capacity. This is an exception. Um, he did grow up with sexual infidelity in his family. Mm. So there is that component, and I believe in his previous relationship. So he had a lot of examples of relationships ending in sexual infidelity that sort of shaped how he approached any kind of deep connections with, again, assuming that I would, if I was going to have an affair, which I, did or didn't but i did not have a sexual affair um you know with with another with another guy
0: i mean you know i think again bringing a bit of an ra lens to this i would say right in in an ideal world those would be parts of the conversations we have right that idea that we have to be vulnerable together that communication is best um and necessary and so you know if We can be compassionate, just as you are right now, right? You're showing empathy, compassion for this person's history that really may have colored how they responded to you. Um, And that's legitimate to show care to people's history, right? We don't have to say, well, that's not me. It's not my problem. It's like, if you care about the person and are trying to maintain a deep bond, then we should care about that and not in a way that makes us small, right? We have to find the edges of our values and the ways we wanna show up in relationships. Like that—that w- that is not fair when that happens to people, which it sounds like was potentially part of the, limiting who you could
1: have emotional or intellectual ties with sounds very limiting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, there was definitely that sort of ideas of like, what, you know, like that not, there was not the love and respect instead of entitlement going on there. And there wasn't a lot of, trust happening and again from that and it's you know it's hard for us to like anyone to talk about or think about even what threatens you right like what like what does make you feel not so secure um in terms of like your relationship with another person what is that trigger that you have that would make you feel like that the relationship you have isn't what you want it to be or you're hoping it to be but it's, yeah, like there's so many conversations I could have had with this person uh, beforehand, but I just, yeah, I didn't really know. I Do you, uh,
0: do you think, that, that, do you think they could have had the conversation with you? Like, do you think they had the self-awareness or could think, compl- or I guess maybe it doesn't matter about that specific person. I think this is, yeah. in general, this is also part of the challenge. If we're, if we're taught there are assumed rules that we're all following right and that's been handed down through religion through our families through all sorts of spaces um and we believe we're all adopting those so we don't have any conversations about it breaking cracking that open and saying we're going to sit down and talk about this and talk about i try to reflect on what is actually important to us about how we stay exclusive, if in any ways, what are the things we need to feel seen, held secure, right? So we've talked about this before around jealousy, right? Jealousy is an indicator that I am not feeling secure, either in myself or in this tie, it doesn't mean anyone's done anything wrong, necessarily, um, barring crossing boundaries you establish, of course. But um, so like, how we relate to these things, it's Learning to have those conversations, learning to deepen our self-awareness and then share it is not something we're trained to do um, in our current culture. And so I'd say that would be an amazing change if we all grew up with a, a framework like relationship anarchy. I just it would be so transformative for these kinds of conversations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And learning. I mean, I know like as a human sexuality, you know, former instructor and just general nerd there was all these kinds of, um, you know, there's all these like checklists and studies that people have done to say like, are you having sex with another person if you, you know, dot, dot, dot. And it would just be like an opinion survey that they would give to people. And the ideas of what sex is can then also dictate what cheating would be. So flirty text messages, um, showering with another person, holding their hand, giving them a hug, you know having you know some form of penetration or intercourse right like so and then different people would talk about like yes this is this still is sex this is still not so even just having the sort of like no sex with another person
0: it's, what does it really
1: yeah it's got to be really explicit and maybe some of that's up front or you just sort of say like this is something i'd like to do with this other person you know how are you feeling comfortable with that I don't want like that boundary thing. And it's, it's less of a seeking, I mean, it, to some extent it's seeking permission in this, in the way that you don't want to hurt somebody, yeah. not, but you want to be able to customize your, your relationships with other people and do what feels right and natural. So it's, it's, it is, I mean, it is complicated because once there's people involved that don't have the same feelings as you, it's navigating those things together is, is not easy.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm currently negotiating some of this stuff with someone and it's been really interesting to recognize like where are the moments where it's almost like your uh, hair stands on end as you're talking through things and trying to figure out, okay, well, which conversations do we want to have kind of going back to our previous episode, right? With communication, what things do you want to talk about? What things do you want to just say, okay, here's a foundational expectation and need I have. So for example, if something changes with risk I would like to know that I don't necessarily need all the details I don't need to know who it's with I don't need to know when it happened or anything else but if my health risk has changed because of a behavior you did with someone that's what I really want to know right and so again figuring out I, I think there's some people out there when they're talking about these things that I almost feel like there's um like a gold standard that you're supposed to talk through every detail And, you know, almost uh, akin to kitchen table polyamory, right, where even in RA, you'd be so deeply explicit and that may really work for some people. And I also think it's okay to identify variation and try it out. And if you notice, oh, well, I do actually want more detail than I'm getting right now to help me feel secure or clear about what's going on. or I don't like the amount of detail I'm getting. So let's dial it back. I just think those are really important conversations to have and to say there's not one perfect or right way, but that we do need to clarify our expectations when we're forming relationships. And I think that's true of friendships, that's true of you know, intimate uh romantic relationships that don't have sex, ones that do have sex, right? Like these are things we should um really commit to talking to each other about. Like if you have a friend that you really wanna share particular activities with for whatever reason, like maybe you're reading a book series together, I don't know, and if you would feel almost cheated on if they like went and did a book club with other people, right, we should be able to express those desires to share certain experiences together.
1: Yeah, well, I know I have uh, saw a couple who are friend, I'm friends with and they get mad at each other not super mad but they do they're like when someone binge watches like at the show the show without them or like goes and they're like hey like you didn't wait for me and they're like well i was sick or whatever you know like the sort of so yeah i mean there's all sorts of sharing activities and so it's like did you like whatever did you cheat on me with stranger things i don't know like or whatever show you're watching i just it's it's hard to like know right exactly what's what's going to happen and and so some of it you can discuss up front and say yeah. hey this is something that we only we do so only us to you know watch stranger things together or only us to make out or only us to you know or whatever that is it's like I that's what you- feels comfortable for me or. You know, or it's fine if you watch this show with whoever you want, right? Or by yourself, or whatever. Like, or, I never but said I want you Stranger to... Things as a metaphor for sex or something. I think hilarious.
0: it's hilarious. I'm, I'm, I'm down. Um, but also, like, then the idea too, it, it can again be this great variation of okay, so you watch Stranger Things with someone else, but then we're gonna debrief, save some of that energy for talking about the episode until after I watch it, and then we're gonna come together and talk about it. Or will you rewatch it with, with me? Yeah. Um, and I am I have certain kinds of shows, like I don't like jump scares, I don't especially like gore. Um, and so I have some folks that I'm like, I watch certain shows with because it makes me feel like I can handle an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, there's no restrictions on when they watch it. I'm just like, for me to progress in this show and have a conversation about it, you're gonna have to watch it with me, either you know, remotely or sitting together. And so there can yeah. be all sorts of reasons we want to share particular experiences, and that doesn't have to be exclusive. And mm-hmm. I, I guess for me, like, going back to examples and thinking about how this shows up and why it's important, I you know, from for my own experience, and I've alluded to this in, in other episodes, one of my most formative relationships, um, long term together, um, lots of formal institutional commitments. Uh, at a certain point, we were getting really, really distant in the relationship, it wasn't going well, and we were not at all sharing any emotional intimacy, like just not talking about it. And I eventually realized through one of our mutual friends that this human had disclosed a major shift in their family dynamic there had been some estrangement and the estrangement had resolved like they were in communication with a family member they hadn't spoken to for six months I didn't know and the other person did and that to me was the big tell of this is a fracture like we are in a fractured place in our relationship and this really hurts like and so recognizing we could call that emotion an emotional affair. Now, from my current framework, I don't I wouldn't find that productive to call it that, but I certainly can see because it I mean, I felt like my world opened up. I felt like the ground opened beneath me because I could not believe that something so important, something we had been in conversation and supporting each other around for, you know, almost a decade at that, well, more than a decade actually, to 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 hear that this had been shared with someone else before me and for such a long time. It almost felt like I was intentionally being omitted from something that had been a point of sharing previously. And so I think, you know, again, stuff happens. We ebb and flow with how we wanna speak to each other, particularly if folks are really overlapping. There can be very legitimate reasons that you turn toward others for a different kind of support because of the nature of tensions in the house. Like I I personally feel like that's very valid. And I think in any kind of deep tie, like I would be hurt that I didn't know something so significant and pivotal. So it doesn't have to be necessarily an affair, but it's speaking to a maybe a break in the sense of closeness I think I have with someone. Um, and that matters, right? Like yeah, I, And so uh, again, there's a way in which some of this with relationship anarchy, also allows us to think really expansively to get away from this notion that it's only about physical touch or sex but it's that we are forming really unique bonds with people and for the ones that we prioritize being deeply engaged whatever that depth is around you know again we need to be talking to each other we don't have to use these huge terms of you cheated on me or because there's such you're such a bad person if you cheat on someone um and so i I really don't have any interest in engaging with that language because it's so hurtful, right? And it's like labeling people in these unproductive ways. Um, But I think the same kind of hurt can show up, whether you're using relationship anarchy
1: or traditional structures. For sure. And yeah, it's interesting because in your example, it was the the conversations that your, your, your person was having were kinds of conversations that you used to have together. Right. So like, that is one kind of thing where it could feel like some kind of, right. Some kind of broken trust or some kind of like, and that's where that, that happens. Whereas in my situation, which was a little different was we never had those kinds of conversations. And so it was just this idea that I could, bond with somebody in a different way that was absent from our relationship that was threatening to yeah. to my person and and that just really circles back to you know love is abundant i can't like not one person is going to be everything for everybody right. so if i ran home and this is like sort of with my current partner too and i'm like i am so excited by this thing i learned about how to like run some a certain kind of statistical analysis they don't care like they, <laughs> they are supportive of me like going to these i i talk like they're these nerd talks these data talks that i go to every friday and when i'm done with them i am just super jammed super pop like just i love it mm-hmm. i love like it, learning um every week and it's just not their thing and that's okay because i don't you know i I, sometimes i forget and try to talk about it and then there's like this eyes glazing (laughs) and i'm like oh right okay i'll tell you or there's a couple other friends that i have that i can say i learned a cool thing um
0: well, and I think with the relationship, that's such a great example because with the relationship escalator and the notion of like the one, you would potentially in in an alternate reality, might you might experience that as a kind of rejection, right? Like I used to um, watch people with their partners who they were intellectual peers, and so you know someone's working on their dissertation, which is a terrible task <laughs> for folks yeah. who don't know, and. You know, their partner could support them and talk through ideas and work on chapters in a way that was so, It I watched it and went, I want someone to do that with me. I felt like it had to be the person I was with at the time, which was a really bad match. They were a very smart person, but not in this way, and they hated academia. And so there was no way they wanted to support such a formalized academic activity, Um, silly, silly academic activity. And I didn't feel like I could seek that out from someone else it didn't even occur to me that I could have and I think that's what's so sad about those other structures and so limiting for us is that we and we've talked about this in other spaces we foreclose things we say I'm not allowed to experience this because the person I've committed to um, or monogamously committed to specifically isn't doing isn't offering that and so i just don't get to experience it or i'm going to try to force them to provide it for me and that's the gift of relationship anarchy really noticing okay is this something so stepping back my core values my core experiences here's things i'm looking for okay i am not experiencing that with certain friends but i do have others or wow i really need to seek out a support group around whatever i'm doing or Whatever the case may be, I'm sort of stuck on dissertation mode. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but that there's so many ways we can, again, fulfill our needs and still be honoring the important and lovely ways folks are showing up for us. It doesn't have to be this lack or a failure or denial. Um, and then we secretly access it like on the side and feel bad about it. That's so sad. We, there's so much we feel bad about in the world. We really shouldn't make this one more thing that we feel guilty over. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, and it's really interesting how you know we we've been talking about infidelity and things, and we really haven't talked too much. I mean, the messaging we got was about sexual infidelity, yeah. and there's other models like ethical non-monogamy that can provide support for people who may want to um, have sexual relationships with more than one person, and relationship anarchy uh, can be a part of that as well. And it's, it's, it's just, yeah, to me, it's, it's interesting to see how that is the fixation yet the plate, the two places where I think, you know, in my case, I caused pain. And in your case, you felt pain had nothing to do with the sexual component. And it still really does have to do a lot with how relationship anarchy can alleviate some of that if people are having or are trying to practice it
0: yeah and i think that's also one of the reasons for me um, I, it's been interesting connecting with people and where they're really tied to ethical non-monogamy instead of relationship anarchy because so much of those conversations end up being around the the sexual components mm-hmm. and that that's what gets negotiated rather than some of these broader pieces about our wholeness and you know that's not always true with everyone and i would say people who are polyamorous I've found sometimes are a little better at the rich robustness because they're thinking about love more directly. And some folks in ethical non-monogamy are are not it's, you know, runs the gamut in other ways. Um, But I think relationship anarchy, it's like intentionally encouraging us to identify the unique overlaps, the unique contributions um, that we're offering or receiving with a, a connection. And then like, honoring that right but not trying to make it into anything else or only focusing on one part and that's something that when i've now that i've adopted relationship anarchy principles i find i have to have really interesting clarifying conversations with folks like hi you keep coming back to sexuality and like can we set that aside and talk about other things that matter to us about how we relate to people and how those are going to show up across our connections And it often stumps people a little bit they're like "Ooh, that i'm not quite sure how to talk about um again because we're not socialized into it i think it's it's interesting for sure oh man and and again like things we've talked about with the whole unique relationships right um and maybe we'll do another episode with more depth on this at some point but like as we've already described different interests different skill sets Um, But we could get into different kinks, different levels of desire, different, um, you know, things we want to learn in the world or ways we want to travel. Right. You've talked about that in the past of knowing some folks who like only travel with certain people, but it's never their, you know, um, romantic and sexual partner. Right. Like there are so many ways we can do the things if we just give ourselves permission to have these kinds of conversations and support each other.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But yeah, next time.
1: We'll do it next time.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are we doing it next time? Cool. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think we are actually. Oh, right. We on. have a little bit of a plan a out there bit. in audience land, but we don't always follow the plan. No, so, okay. we don't. But and but it's so interesting to have a
0: plan relative to like previous seasons when we were reviewing I mean the plan was like bring a profile. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So I think our takeaway around this is the concept of cheating sucks. It hurts people. It hurts people's yeah. feelings and it's labeling good versus bad partners and we hope folks will think more complexly about that yeah but stay true to your values
1: so you know there's that too
0: yep all all the reflection should be welcome into the spaces um cool well thanks for listening folks we will talk to you next time bye thanks for listening to before you swipe
1: If you want to send us your thoughts on sexual, romantic, and or platonic relationships, please email us at beforeyouswipe at gmail.com. That's the letter B,
0: the number four, the letter U, swipe at Gmail. Or you can find us on
1: Facebook and Instagram at beforeyouswipe. Thanks to Hamid Khalid 786 on Pixabay for our fabulous funky beats.